0: You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name's Matt Gunn, joined today by Guy Cortan. Guy, how are you? Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I've been thinking a lot lately. I don't shop for things the way that I used to. I don't like, you know, go into stores very often. I don't like to wait around for an associate to answer a couple questions on simple stuff. I don't like trying to figure out what the price is. I want to just see it and have it there in front of me. And when I do go into stores, I want to go there because... It offers something that I can't get online. Let's talk about that. So what would that be, Matt? What can't you get online? If you get in stores, that would be
1: experiences.
0: I think it's experiences. And while, of course, we do have online experiences and some really cool digital tricks that make sites interesting, that make shopping more tailored to you, the individual, based on your habits, your preferences, whatever. But again, if I want to feel it, touch it, see it in action, whatever it is I want to buy... I almost have to go to a store and experience it, but I don't want the boring store experience of just, you know, here it is on a table, go see it.
1: Well, and I think one of the things we need to think about, too, is experiences are more than just, to your point, you know, going into a store and being wowed by being offered cappuccinos and, you know, manicures and pedicures and, you know. Donkeys are coming out of the ceiling, whatever that may be, (laughs) right? I think experiences are also in terms of how we interact with the brand, right? How do they do things like, you know, how do they package products for us, right? How do they ship us stuff? You know, how does the service come with regards to delivery, you know, even maybe returns, things like that. So I think the experience, when we think about the experience economy, I think we need to think, yes, in the physical brick and mortar store, there's a huge opportunity for experiences, But also in the traditional e-commerce world, there's more room for growth through experiences, right? Returns, I think, is also a big aspect of experience, right? How well do I interact with that brand if I order three pairs of shoes? How easy is it for me to return them? So you're absolutely right. I think one of the things that we're seeing, let's take the brick and mortar first, right, is interesting in in a couple areas, right? Nordstrom has done something where it's called Nordstrom Local, where it's going to be a much smaller footprint store. That's not going to even carry inventory, but it's going to have, again, a bunch of experiences, right? It's going to have personal stylists there. They're going to help you understand or help you look at different clothing. They're going to have coffee bars and beer bars and manicures. Pedicures. So it's
0: not just that thing that you go to in the mall. It's that high-end store that you're like, it's well, a destination. it's going to hit my wallet. Right.
1: I think, think about it from this perspective. It's a destination, right? It's a destination. Why do I want to go there when I can just order it online?
0: Well, the other thing that comes to mind is if you're building small destination sites, you must be kind of transforming it to meet fit its surroundings. Like what's cool in a particular city or town versus, you know, this is our large department of store experience that has just everything. Is that happening too?
1: That's happening too, but it's also happening where other stores, right to your point, are taking their traditional model and adding new services. So you look in the grocery space – You know, I was recently at a Kroger and, wow, I walked in and they had a full bar, right? And that was not to be expected at a a grocery store, right? I'm used to seeing Starbuckses in there or, you know, bakeries and prepared food areas and things like that. And even in some places, like a Whole Foods, you might have classes, if you will, at times. But all of a sudden now you have this full bar that serves local beers, served wines and even some mixed drinks, now, you couldn't walk around with them and do your grocery shopping you know, with a with a micro brew in your hand. But it was interesting because it made us think about the fact that, wow, like, yeah, what if you're a parent and you're home all day with the kids and, and your spouse comes home and, and now you have to go do some grocery shopping and you want some downtime and have a beer? Maybe I don't want to go to the bar to do that, but I'll have it at the grocery store and then I'll get my groceries because I have to get them. Things like that. And if you're a brewer,
0: what better way to expose your locally Local brewed beer – Different formula, different seasonal variety, what have you. Two customers then where they're shopping.
1: Right. I like this brew. And oh by the way, it's on aisle seven. Fantastic, right? So mixing the two together. So I think we're that experience sort of opened my eyes too about this whole notion of again, what can you as a retailer do differently to make yourself a destination? Doesn't mean again I have to do all the bells and whistles of a Disney. But are there things I can do that make it more attractive to you to come? I mentioned the brick and mortar. I also think from a delivery and e-commerce side, I think it's interesting too. There's a brand I think it's called Mark and Graham, which is fantastic. Like They sell clothing items and, and fashion things of that nature. But what's really interesting about that brand is that when you receive the gift, the package that you bought, it's gift wrapped. And you think about that, it's a small touch, but it's kind of neat. Because in the end of the day, one of the things about getting stuff delivered to us, it's almost like we're getting a present. It's wrapped, it's a package, it's sent to us. We probably know what's in it, but it's still a package. Now when you open that ugly brown box, the shipping box, but you have this sort of gift-wrapped thing inside, even though you know and you paid for it most of the time, It's interesting because all of a sudden the experience changes, right? Yeah, it's more special. It's more special. You got for you, or maybe
0: you actually did buy it as a gift. Maybe you did buy it. You save that extra step. But that's a great point. So often does a brand, like a you know fashion designer or whatever, set themselves apart on their story or by being from the future or being ahead or relevant to everyone right now. And they're just great at showing people that. Yeah. But how does a store? How does a retailer show what it's about? show how its products are used. And like, again, that comes down to experiences. You're building out this lifestyle, this ecosystem right. of all these products interacting with you in a way that's actually tangible. But uh, you know, those are some great points, whether it is, say, a trunk club type of thing, where you have a personal stylist and an algorithm helps sort the types of things and the budget that you can spend yeah. and then tailors that to you. Maybe you're trying something new. Maybe you're just trying to double down on the style that works for you. But it's that experience that makes it sticky. And as a physical brick-and-mortar retailer, I would imagine when you're trying to stave off all these really tech-savvy entrants in right. the world, you have to do
1: something. Right. I look at other companies like you know Bonobos, why they got bought by Walmart, or you know Suit Supply, or, or Indochino, these, these other guys who are traditional, air quote, again, online retailers, but who have physical presences. Why? Because to your point, the service they bring now is sort of affordable, bespoken tailoring- so I go into, you know, an Indochino and they measure me and they, you know, they show me different fabrics and all the sort of bells and whistles of going to a tailor in London. But that's the experience, right? That's why I would go to the physical store, even though I could buy the stuff online. And they can still do both, right? They still allow you to do things like measuring yourself and buying it, ordering it online. But they're playing, you know, both sides of the equation. Which that's they have funny.
0: Too. And you mentioned Bonobos, right? And they just got bought by Walmart for a lot of money. But if you had gone into their store, their guide posts or yeah. whatever you know, it was all about the experience very similar to what Nordstrom is attempting here. You didn't necessarily go in and buy a product. They right. stocked the shelves, but they stocked the shelves more with samples and things you could try on. It was hard to walk out of the store with the product. But you could make a purchase in the store. Yeah. And those clothes would get to you surprisingly fast. Yes. There's a supply chain element to this too. Because they have
1: to, you know, like all these guys, they have to be able to fulfill the order in a timely fashion or else the experience, it goes back to this notion of the experience. The experience won't be completed, right? And I think that's the part that we have to all keep in mind is, again, that experience is multiple levels, right? It's not just I walk into a store and I get a really cool experience because they know who I am and you know they treat me like I'm the only most important customer of the moment. That's fantastic. But if they can't fulfill that order, then that experience goes away. Or even more so, if they can't remedy a problem I have with the order, that experience now goes back back to being a bad experience. So I think retailers in general, brick and mortar, online, multi-commerce retailers, all have to think about experience as much more of a holistic sort of bubble around each consumer. And it has multiple facets and it has to be individualized, right? I think certain people are going to probably expect certain experiences. A great example is, I, you know, one of the things I've, I've seen in the past is You know, let's say the two of us walk into a store, maybe, you know, you really want to browse the aisles first before anybody talks to you because you just sort of want to get a lay of the land. But I want to be, you know, right away have someone ask me, like, what are you looking for? That store needs to understand immediately or as quickly as possible that distinction of that experience, right? I think we're going to see more things in terms of obviously like last mile delivery, things of that nature, because maybe... You know, one customer really does want something within a two hour window, and another customer can wait three weeks. And I think we've seen that, like with the jet.com model and things of that nature, where companies are starting to figure out we have to also give different levers to the experience for all of our consumers. And also, it might change, right? One day you might want something in two hours, and one day you might be okay to wait for three weeks. So it's adding a layer of complexity to the whole paradigm, which I think a lot of these retailers are struggling with or going to struggle with even more because I think in a way they think, hey, let me just get this one experience taken care of. Let me be like Nordstrom's and open a small footprint store and do experience and then I'm done. What they don't realize is once you start doing that, then I'm going to have to start figuring out, well, okay, but maybe customer X wants an experience this way and customer Y wants it that way. And then in six months, customer X for that one thing wants it differently. So it really adds a whole layer of complexity that that I think we're only starting to see.
0: Yeah, and the other thing about experiences, and we talk about you know specific examples, but you know for those of you listening and that are trying to wrap your heads around what this means for your brand or your company, I think it has to come from your identity, who you are, who your customers are. You got to you know start by knowing them, right? Because Nordstrom is pretty high-end, and their customers are of a certain set. TJ Maxx, on the other hand, sells things at a bargain, and their experience is much different. The way they want to interface and approach those customers is much different, especially because they're not always going to have the first-run products or the things that are brand new. But what they can offer is access and a treasure hunt. And that works for so many people. That model is outpacing so many other forms of retail. It really is just about making the right experience and then being able to deliver upon it, having the supply chain to support it, to make right. sure that your stores are filled with hidden treasures or filled with the latest and greatest goods and the people that are going to help you put together the perfect outfit. Whatever it is for you, you know there's a lot of things that are working and it comes from a place of, of knowing that customer, knowing who you are, and then finding the systems or finding the experiences that you can build out. Right. That fit.
1: And I think at the, the end of the day, the, the, at the crux of this too, and, and this, you know, maybe we sound like a broken record on this podcast, but it really is about getting more and more granular visibility, right? And that's a, both ends. What I mean by both ends is both from the customer side and from the supply chain side because I can't start tailoring experiences to the level I think we're going to want to see them if I don't have the ability to know that I can fulfill those experiences. I mean, I can promise anything. Right, but if I can't fulfill on it, that's also part of the experience. right? If I can't live up to the, what I tell you the experience is going to be, that makes the experience incredibly right. negative. Well, there goes
0: your reputation as a brand, and that's everything. But yeah, those are all very valid points that you do have to deliver upon it, and you do have to be a lot more consistent. You have to break down the silos within your own organization and cross your supply chain uh, in order to be seamless and consistent and present a front that is consistent with – you know, the image that your customers have of you, the perfect store that you may be for them. So any other final thoughts to add on this concept? I mean, it seems like it's been building for years, but it seems like we've kind of reached an inflection point where it's starting to get more Yeah, more I
1: think important. it's it's been building for years. And I, I don't think the notion of experience in retail is a new concept, right? I certainly think it's been since day one of retail, whenever that was. I think the reason why it's becoming much more of a, a big topic and something that retailers are really striving to do is, it's plain and simple. It's it's called Amazon. And why is that? It's because now, you know, Amazon in a way sort of gives me access to all kinds of stuff at a market price and being able to have the convenience of having delivered to my home. So the question now becomes, you know, what is something that even the Amazons can't get to? And that's that's part of it is the experience. So I think that's why we're hearing more of it, right? And you know, sort of the old adage, too, is we're in New York, sort of using this example, like, or even in big other areas, right? I know this, you know, being in Paris, too, it's the story goes, well, my local butcher down the street, I use them all the time. Why? Because they know who I am. They know my family. They know, you know, that I love Capricola and they're going to slice it the right way. And they know that I want mozzarella cheese and they're going to slice it like that. So it's the experience, right? It's that personalized experience that we've always seen in retail, but now the big brands are trying to figure out how can they pull that into their brick and mortar and their physical presences? How can they pull that in their overall brand experience? And again, I think it's becoming a big topic because at the end of the day, they know that I can just go on my phone and order stuff via the internet at a market price and have it delivered to my home. So why do I go to you now? Because of the experience.
0: And if those are local Butchers to New York say, the delis, if you will, they're not selling you Capricola or mozzarella. mozzarella. It's about the gabagool <laughs> and the mozzarella.
1: You heard and that's it here. the
0: local experience. That makes the experience tailored to who you are, where you are, and... Relevant, Exactly. So you've been listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Guy. Guy, thanks as always for being on the show. Matt, always a pleasure. You can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast network for any news tips, requests, or if you just want to shoot us a note about our pronunciation of particular deli meats. (laughs) Or what's your favorite deli meat? (laughs) Shoot us an email at scr.podcast at info.com. Thanks for listening.